Hello again, and thanks for joining us for episode 5, where the bad news finally arrives. One of the most famous conventions of Greek tragedy is that murders and deaths and other acts of horror tend to happen off stage. As a result of this, someone invariably needs to come on and tell the chorus, and by extension the audience, what has happened. These reporters come and describe off-stage events, often in thrilling detail. The messenger is a very frequent character in Greek drama, and whole books have been written about how playwrights subverted and manipulated the possibilities of reported action. The messenger speech evolved into being a major display of skill for Athenian actors. One of the greatest of these messenger speeches happens to have been written for the Persians. Just at the point where we stopped yesterday, a man dressed in Persian clothing, seemingly out of breath, comes running onto the stage. Never mind Philippides, who ran all the way from Marathon to Athens, this messenger has travelled all the way home from Salamis. Here's Professor Oliver Taplin talking about how impressive this role can be. It, it, it's a powerful role. Um, I mean, in a, in a way, you know, the messenger speeches as we know them from later tragedy, from Sophocles and Euripides, are actually rather different because there is an eyewitness coming on and reporting something that's happened during the course of the play. Mm. Um, and in this case, there's an eyewitness coming on and reporting something that happened, you know, days or weeks before. But there's the same kind of uh, extraordinary vividness about it. Um, uh, extraordinary, you know, extraordinary uh, stimulus to the imagination of the audience, their visual imagination, their oral imagination, their atmosphere imagination. So it it is, um, it's a it's a terrific role. I mean, I think in later tragedy, quite often the main actor will have acted the messenger. The messenger, the messenger is a virtuoso role. Think about it. Telling the stories of these mythological moments or historical events like this one to an audience of 10, maybe 15,000 people with nothing but your voice and your body. Aeschylus has already set us up quite beautifully. We are in the Persian court and we've met the chorus of old councillors. The queen has arrived, describing the various omens and dreams that are troubling her. And now, at last, the news will arrive. Before we hear from the messenger, there's one issue that we should probably introduce. This is the idea of hubris. Nowadays, it's another word for arrogance. For the Greeks, it was even more specific. It was a transgression against the gods, when a mortal considered himself or herself equal or better than a god, and was invariably punished for it. Think about Arachne, or Niobe, or Tantalus all punished with savagery for their arrogant notions. Hubris is not punished quite as immediately these days, although we humans certainly haven't lost our taste for arrogant displays of power, wealth or selfishness. The Persians has at its heart such a display. Xerxes was convinced that he could tame the Hellespont and tame all of Greece, and went brazenly about doing so. Every Greek in the audience knew the result of his campaign, but Aeschylus frames everything very deliberately, and it is Xerxes' hubris that will have to be punished. 
in casting this messenger, there was no doubt in my mind that it should be played by Katrina Nivaraku, a terrific actress with whom I shared an office at the Irish Theatre Institute for quite some time. We were both participants of Six in the Attic, where this whole project was born. Katrina likewise performed some of the text as part of a presentation for the Pan Pan International Theatre Mentorship, and so it's only fitting that this great champion of the piece should play this most extraordinary role. The messenger runs onto the stage in a manner totally opposite to the grandeur of the Queen's entrance. I'm always tempted to think of the exhausted state of long-distance runners when they cross the finish line, although even the greatest Olympians would be hard-pressed to deliver this amazing speech after running for 26 miles. A hunfort na hashe ille, a hir fergie, a storus no more sevdechta. Tavo rahun skliste deen vulle madafach avain. Tabla na bershach titehe agas erlar. Hoi moi! Istakish an rode ve eragayet tachtara erra nuacht. Achis mehdam an scale tabishtacht a inchacht in a umlaine a fertig. Marta an forsa barbarach geleer erlar. Nobody wants to be the bearer of bad news, but the messenger must be the one to tell us. The entire Persian army has been destroyed. We hear a constant image of the flower of Persia's youth. It's the young men, just recently blossomed into manhood, that have been mowed down. This first part of the messenger scene is interesting because the chorus is singing while the messenger is speaking. Perhaps it would strain credulity too much for him to run home from Salamis and then burst into song. The effect is almost chaotic. There's no balance, there's no back and forth. Everything is off-kilter and upset. And here Eskila starts to add non-verbal cries of distress. There will be a great many more of these to come. The messenger answers the chorus as they sing in their shock. Ganaurus, Martan Forsa Erfad Kailte. The chorus sings that they regret having lived so long if it was only to hear such horror. The messenger then insists that he can tell them the truth because he was there. He is an eyewitness. The chorus laments that it has all been in vain, that they sent their men to Greece for nothing. The messenger gives a haunting image, that the seas at Salamis are full of corpses. Oh, a anum woffer le clos. Movron marachnadam nor a chinium er an athane. The grief is almost unbearable, this awful homecoming for the messenger, the sight of these old men distraught at their worst fears coming true. Through all of this, the queen has stayed silent. She explains, in almost numb horror, that this catastrophe is so bad that she can barely speak, never mind ask how many have been lost. 
is father me my host the warm of roan is me lagha ma hege nocht du fasach my the wool and tabish to shot from me go jaka lauch no cash to cur or an anro or gawam or trich marshin hen is mich don kine vena car sosless no trivlogia carna jehen or dro crini the vyaur agus lauer egmino no tabish to amalana few ma tan to eg ev winar trivlogi Ke honix lawn, Kehid ne canarius RJ Rame a Kahamich Queenu, Ke four boss of his dog on Nunnet, Eg Fogunch a droopig on Canara Gon Kian. Quite appropriately, the messenger answers the question that the Queen has been too gracious to ask. She has asked about the army as a whole, about the numbers lost from all her people. But the messenger leads with the only glimmer of good news that Xerxes himself is not lost. Maiden Xerxes fain, fos, agus fechen she erin solus. All of this has been set up, allowing us to get our bearings as we listen to the messenger interacting with the chorus and the queen. She is relieved that the news brings some light to her own house, even in the pitch-black darkness enveloping them all. Now the messenger begins in earnest, listing all of the men who are lost. We heard a similar list when the chorus entered as they reminisced, thinking about the impressive parade of these men heading for Greece. Now we hear some of the same names and many, many more, all of whom have perished. There's quite a flow to this speech, so I won't interrupt it. All you'll hear is the list of names and cities where the men came from. If it's useful, there will be a translation on the website. Persians the podcast.com The Artembades Canada and Demila Marquich a smithag iguna kosi clua silinii Ags dadakes and siliark le bullish le the lamshega hethram on a lung Ags tenagal then ford is uishle the winter vactria Tashe mar haifse er ilan ajax suite et tantrache lilaios agas arsemis agas antriu dina argestis a dungug er lard er halov chruig niline a chahien kolouj kailak fernuachos corsa strahan a nila egyptia agas eith shuv a hit as an ean lung arcteus a devis Agus eradriu dinne for recipes. For Metellus o Chrysabos, Canada and de Mile, Agus Hanig Aharu daha ere erso glider is bui, nor a bage in la namara corkra. Agus Magus and Tarabach, Agus Artebis o Vactria, Canada and Chucha Mila Markach Doracha. The Vogshe Gatir, Cruallach. The Vogshegadi Tir Kruallach, Arter Urche Bath. A mistress, Agus Amphistrius, a heleg schla, a viliente le pian. Agus Ariomardos Untach, a hogbron goody sardos. Agus Sesimus Ovisia, Agus Tharabus, Canada Nagaiga Lung Fui Huig. Far Dahuil the Heilach Lernia. Lian. An fair bocht shin aun fuur marav. Tereish kriach u fasach a olent. 
Agasienesis, unfair Bachroga, Canara winter Cilicia, unfair as more a triboloid than Nowid, Hushe boss Glorvish. Shene and made Canara a hugum hun machine. Achni in sheen mohorish shelesh ach part viagdan stad ufasach. This catalogue is rich with detail. Aeschylus fills our ears with all of these foreign names of foreign cities. It's a bold move, insisting that the Athenian audience listen for a second time to the list of those they vanquished. We had quite a good time transliterating them and seeing how they might sound in Irish, since there are a good few sounds that we share with Greek. The Queen is stunned, unable to fathom how they can have lost so many in a conflict with this small Greek force. She has to ask how many of them can have been involved. But the messenger has even more shocking news. The Greeks had only about 300 ships compared with the vast armada of Persia, which actually had a thousand. Thama ervaid and chaulig a vechen scale eg bra, but egna barbadig a vechen boa. The baileen umalan lung nang yegach na chi sheet. Ach vi degin doif son scarta amach er lehelig. Tasakum gekinche gadev mila lung exerxes. Agas gadev ga heed is a de lung aka feared vad. Ach faka win the figuri. Ni haulig a chapenshiv gurbug orin sacha o hev lean the lung de. Ni ye. Is dear egen a lutchin. Trivan a scali a lodile machent e horum na kinuna. Cosnian the day ha kahed na bande palace. The gods, he says, have saved the city of Pallas Athena. We can imagine that the Athenians would enjoy this nod to their divine patron and their city. The Queen has to ask, is Athens still standing? And here, Aeschylus gives another little nod to the audience. Bear in mind, Athens had indeed been ransacked by the Persians, but the city had been evacuated. So, while the truth is that yes, Athens was very badly damaged, Aeschylus gives a more oblique answer. A city consists of its men, not its walls. So as long as Athens still has its men, it is secure. This idea of men is in sharp contrast to the way we hear about Persia, which is now, quite literally, unmanned. Next, we're going to move into the more extended segment of the messenger's speech, in which we hear about how it all came to pass. Again, since part of the impact of these speeches is their momentum and the intricate picture that they create in the mind, I'm not going to stop and start to explain exactly what's going on throughout. 
we get an extended account of the night before the battle. One of the Greeks has convinced Xerxes that the Greek fleet is planning to flee, and so they spend the night on the alert, patrolling the straits to prevent any such cowardly retreat. Instead, the Greeks eat their dinner and do not move until dawn. We have the sun setting over the Persians and then the sun rising in the morning for the Greeks. Here's Katrina now with the story of how the disaster began. Hosnik and Tabishta Umlan of Ashjas. Nuda Hill Drasprid no dear Malahe Egan Huin o Vaul Egan. Marhanik Grega Huin o Orsana Hethena Augustinish the Dvax Eches Elehe Cha. Nuda Hitach Darichach Nihihe. Nafanach Nagregig Madarawadar. Ach Gelem Hedish Suas on a mean she. Augusta Saval Hedish and Nanum Tre Hehe Fihele. Eid Geleer Egach. Tro bail. Tach nar hig zer chase godev on gregor sha a kud clay on the edge. Agus godevna dehe in a chinne, nor a hula shay on maid shin, hug the vach achach's ray of hahada admiral marsha elenus. Ho lua agus a stopper on rein do ve do na taloon len a rahana. August Dochach und Dudachach Schelev er Limestashi in the Spere. We are in a lunga or olavu a dri shra. Hun a pasashti a via dolla machadi an adiga glorach a rardai. Agasi er in a lunga ele gavile temple at Ilan Ajax, agase a shirkalu. Daneloch nagregig ochinunt u fasach. Agasta nairochlo teha fuichelt on a lunga. Do be unfinos a ver da vad of fein na an kyaun a vant div. Shinin made a duce, le cri ma moor, lawn the rochus. Marnir higshe kadavia nan do egnadehe. Marshin fein dolavigna gregig prin nihihe. Ni an ent hort miord. Achlen a grihe e gale dan udoras. Agus hangil gach marnelach a vade rava dan dolla. Achre varas chan ravirte. Nur a hep salas an lay. Agus garhanig an ihe. Hui gach marnelach er bord linge. E in a vaster er a vade rava fein. Is yen gach fair a vie in a vaster er a adam er a gumma Gleig na bin si ravadori amach le garha multa fan fide na lung agus dar deader na shulta gach dine de deira ordaha. Shemad captain na lung an kaulach galeir e glushacht fan a hihe a bug a howl is a vus. Vi an ihe a dull er cal agus fos near hug na gregig fui ean e lu fui helt. Ho Lua, agus a lean rark allin na madin, gun a kapilvana and dawin, daidig erdush auran da raha, go hard o hev nagnegach, agus lashach baun, the ragers makala arde o chadigurcha an ilain. Hit an va er na barbarig, marvishe bunos kilner fad len a rowder suil. 
Mornie a gay a luan echard a vina greigig, a gazeer a canna on omwin nerf a shop, a rabrostuch on caha le crogacht agas le munin. We're going to stop here for the evening, just on the brink of the attack. The lines that follow are the most famous in the play. Perhaps they are the most famous lines from any ancient drama. This messenger speech, as well as being the earliest and one of the most influential, is also the longest. And so we will continue it tomorrow evening. Persians, the podcast is coming to you as part of Dublin Theatre Festival 2020, and we have five more nights to go. It's produced by Maura O'Keefe, and we are supported by the Arts Council on Corla Alien. Tonight you heard Katrina Nivaraku as the messenger and Marie Mullen as the Queen, Atosa, as well as some expert information from Oliver Taplin. Our signature music is by Mel Mercier, and the show is written and presented by yours truly, Connor Hanretty. It's lovely to see that people are tuning in quite literally from all over the world. Do feel free to get in touch with us on social media via our handle, at PersiansDTF. And I'll be back with more tomorrow evening. Mm-hmm.